0: Hi there, it's time for the Driving You Crazy podcast as we come to you from the palatial shoebox studio in downtown Denver, Colorado in the EW Script building that houses the Denver 7 TV station. I am the traffic anchor of Denver 7 News, hosting a little bit of a sinus issue apparently today, and the co-host for this show, Jason Luber. I am
1: pedestrian advocate Joseph Peters and a big shout out to all of our fans in Spain and Saudi Arabia who are really... Keeping the dream going. What is that dream? The dream of being world (laughs) podcast famous.
0: (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, last week, we talked about some bizarre and disgusting behavior by airline passengers, right? We did. Well, today, it's more of the bizarre as there was a passenger taken off a flight after he tried to get into the cockpit of the airplane so he could charge his phone. Yay, passengers! Charging
1: your phone is a very important thing
0: to do. Yes, it is. And usually you can't charge your phone while you're on the plane unless you have one of those temporary battery things. I'm still waiting for the TSA because I have this really big battery pack. It's it's big. It's bigger. It's about as big as my forearm. That's illegal. It's. And I was wondering if That's, they're gonna if they're gonna
1: say no, you can't bring that on board, sir. I don't want you to bring that on board. I'm not with the TSA. I'm just scared of
0: it. it you should be. Yep. It is. It's a monster, and it can charge your phone. I don't know, like seven hundred times, something ridiculous like that. Okay, but it's, but it's awesome. Anyway, this man who was reportedly intoxicated tried to enter the cockpit while the plane prepared to take off, stating that his mobile phone needed to be charged. As you can imagine, he was removed from the aircraft and handed over to police, where presumably they also did not charge his phone. <laughs> I just immediately assumed this
1: was an America story. Where was this? I don't
0: know. It's okay. not, it wasn't here.
1: It wasn't here. It wasn't okay. here.
0: And I, it, you know, I, I can't remember if we talked about this story out of Dublin, where there was a guy who was late for his flight, and then he ran out of the terminal building with his suitcase under his arm towards the plane. He, he was shouting at the pilot to, to wait for him to get on the airplane. Well, obviously the the pilot didn't wait for him and he was tackled and arrested <laughs> right there on the on the tarmac. Well, the the, the <laughs> this is where the story gets good. So he uh the twenty three year old man, he went to court and uh he was well, not the nicest, kindest person to the press who was following him into the court. The paparazzi you could say. Yes. All the waiting journalists. Uh he tried to cover his face with a folder. He didn't want his face seen. He also was swinging his suitcase at the crowd. And then, to top it all off, he lowered his trousers to expose his backside. Full moon was out at court. (laughs) That's right. He mooned the journalist, of course. Being in England, they took all the pictures and video they could and posted them all over their newspaper websites. Is that a crime in England? Uh, I don't know if it's an official crime, but I know it's, in poor taste. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, his next appearance in court is going to be in November. I wish we could be there to see how that court appearance is going to go. If it's anything like his previous one or his uh, rant trying to get onto the airplane, it should be epic.
1: He needs to hire a lawyer that will say, dude, don't go to court. Dude, stay <laughs> home. I got this. Like, please don't come.
0: This is not good for you. So we have some breaking news here on the Driving You Crazy podcast, Joe. So this is breaking news. We need to do 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 we're just going to turn that into a drop. Speaking of sound effects, I, uh, I changed my, uh, the sound on my computer when you hit the trash button, right? Recycle bin. When you do that, it's a screeching and then car crash. <laughs> Ridiculously stupid. I have stupid. no comment for that. Ridiculously stupid. Anyway, makes me laugh. So I, I'm really sorry to be springing this news to you, Joseph. This breaking news onto you like this. Um, you're probably not prepared for it. It's last minute. But I have this urgent announcement I must get out. I am leaving Denver Television. You're stunned. Drop the mic. I am leaving Denver TV. Don't try to stop me. It's true. It is. I've decided to leave TV and pursue a new position. It just became available. It's very intriguing. This new position really seems like a perfect fit for me, and and I know I'm going to do well there. I just know it. I would have recommended you for this job, but you already have a new job. Mm. I mean, you're, you're, you're well, your yet. reign as, a, as my boss has been tough for me to deal with. So that, maybe that is one of the reasons I'm, I'm going to take this new job. <laughs> um, you see what happened was over the weekend, I got a notice from my Twitter that our old friend from Streets Blog Denver, David Sachs, he's now one of my most recent followers on my Twitter account named Denver7Traffic. He wasn't following me up until now, but now he is following at Denver 7 traffic I was a bit stunned because, well, I felt uh, I, I felt like he was already following me, but now I'm, I'm, I'm actually pleased that he is following me.
1: I feel like you just pulled out your phone to check if he's still following you or if he realized the mistake he made.
0: No, let me see. He uh, No, he's, he's uh, I believe, as I can see here, he's still one of my followers. So maybe we should post- this, and then I'll put it on the Twitter, and then he'll know that we've been talking about him. He'll
1: know that we know that he knows that we know that he knows.
0: Well, and he's really good about listening to new perspective and new ideas, right? (sighs) (laughs) Well, anyway, what caught my eye was the notice on his Twitter feed that said, he is leaving Streets Blogs Denver. I couldn't believe it. I was stunned. He says after four years, he is leaving what he calls the city's most important, prolific transportation news desk. And he will become the city government reporter for Denverite. That's a little, uh, it's just an online news deal, right? Well, I think Denverite pays. Yeah, they do pay. And I think they do a pretty good job, right? Right. I've seen some pretty good stories in there. So congratulations to David. He's moving on, moving up. Uh, I hope he is successful in his new position. But what that means, Joseph, what it's all coming down to is that his old position at Streets Blog Denver is now open. This is the break I've been looking for. This is it. This is it. This is the break. It's going to be so easy for me just to slide into this new position. I mean, come on. Who in the city is more qualified than me to do this job? Who? You tell me who. No one. That is the correct answer. No one. Right? No one. I don't think you like bikes enough, Jason. You, are, are you doubting my qualifications? Just that you like bikes enough. Well, David says this job is a dream for anyone who cares about making the city's transportation system work for people instead of solely for cars. He says we aim to change public policy through original reporting and commentary. As former Streets Blog editor in chief Ben Fried recently wrote, when you publish something on Streets Blog, Policymakers read it, smart people share it, and if you've done a good job, that attention yields tangible improvements on our streets. There you go. There you go. Now here's the official job description. So let's go through this, Joseph. I think it'd be a good exercise to go through the job description. That way you can see how qualified I am for this job, and so no need for anybody else to apply. I, I, it, it's it's really a slam dunk, I think, in... in yeah, if anybody's looking yeah, at this objectively, mm-hmm. it really is. I mean, I already know the answer is yes. So this is really just fodder. But, uh, you know, let's just go ahead and do it anyway. Roll on, buddy. All right, so the job listing starts by saying, we are looking for a talented journalist to run Streets Blog Denver, a daily news site dedicated to covering sustainable transportation and livable streets in Denver. Since 2015, Streets Blog Denver has covered the movement to transform our city to reduce dependence on private automobiles and improving conditions for walking, biking, and transit. We've broken important stories about transit funding, pedestrian safety, and bicycle policy from day one. And our writing makes arcane topics like parking prices and induced traffic accessible to a broad audience. Do I, do I like all the big important words he's using so far? Yes, I do. I really like the part
1: about parking prices. I do, too. I feel like you could, yeah, you could write a dissertation about oh, that.
0: Oh, I'm really good at parking prices. Uh, let's continue. Today, hundreds of thousands of readers rely on the Streets Blog Network, and the online Streets Blog community is the connective fiber for people all over the country working to make their streets safer and more sustainable. I'm glad he said Streets Blog Network, because I would have given you my right kidney right here and now if there were hundreds of thousands of readers for the Denver edition. I mean, actually, I would right now reach into my side, dig through my skin and ribs to pull out a bloody pumping kidney and hand it to you if that was actually true. I'm just saying, man, you might have to give up that kidney. Hundreds of thousands in, uh, of
1: Denver readers? You know how statistics are, man. You can really bend them in any way you want to. And I would, I would believe... That hundreds of thousands of people have at one point in their life read the Streets Blog Denver went page. Now, do they get that many unique visitors every day? No, probably not. But have hundreds of thousands of people used their information?
0: Certainly. That number still seems a little high to me, even for the entire national network. Stop trying to save your so, kidney. Uh, so you really want my kidney. Is that That's what this really is what coming down is. to? Yep, you is... want me to start pulling my kidney out of my body right yes, now? Yes, I do. I'll get my shirt all bloody. I'll go on Facebook Live. Now, it continues on Streets Blog, Denver, New York City, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Chicago, and the national USA site connect local grasswork, uh, grassroot livable streets advocates with one another and to a national movement for reform. You are a pedestrian advocate, right? I am. That's my title. You are not mentioned in this, only as the livable streets advocate. I can live with that. Yeah. I'm fine with that. I think that's a decent title. All right, here we go. Listen to this part. We welcome applications from engaging reporters and writers who want to lead a respected, influential source of information and commentary on Denver transportation and planning issues. I can do that. I can do uh, You could do that. I could, I could do could that. We could both do that. The ideal candidate will have a firm grasp of local politics. Check. A keen sense of how Streets Blog coverage can help advance transportation policies that improve conditions for transit, biking, and walking. Check, check, check! Cut the check. Cut the check! (laughs) Right there! Now, here are the day-to-day responsibilities. Because whenever you're looking at a new job, you have to see what's involved in doing the new job. Sometimes the new job responsibilities are just kind of thrown in there from somebody who's trying to make their job look pretty important. To people from the outside who might think, oh, you, you just pretty much just find newspaper articles from, from other people that other people have written and, and then put them together on a list and then publish that and say, ooh, my work is done. Who does that? Uh, that's that's kind of what happens right now with Streets Blogs Denver with the occasional story that's written. Here are the day-to-day responsibilities. Where This is where we see how much work, really. That I'm going to have to do in this new job. Streets Blog combines a distinct advocacy bent with newspaper quality journalism. Hey, I think we do some good quality journalism right here on television. I know radio does uh, pretty good quality journalism as well.
1: I know, Newspaper quality journalism always smacks to me like boring journalism. <laughs> like something that's not visually appealing journalism.
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe we need to bring newspaper uh, to the TV age. Because, as you know how well newspapers have been doing over the last several years. Uh, Anyway, towards that end, we are seeking a reporter to run a well-rounded beat full of original content, interviews, event coverage, and engaging commentary. Applicants should be enthusiastic about the notion that journalism can be conducted with integrity and fidelity to the truth while retaining a point of view. So I guess what he's saying here is that you can bend the truth to your own self-interest. Right? I mean, yes, correct. Pretty much, correct. Exactly. Uh, I because I can do that if, if needed. Apparently, I mean, just listen to this podcast. Uh, it, it continues. Knowing how to effectively impart a message without overwhelming your writing is an essential skill for this position. I know, never overwhelm anything. <laughs> Not even my wife. That that <laughs> you're speechless. Nope. In addition to reporting, the editor will, alongside the local Streets Blog Denver Board of Advisors, raise funds and plan events. Ooh, I like events. I really like events. (laughs) The editor and executive director will create a daily stream of news and content that builds Street Blog Denver's audience. I create many streams every single day. I flush 100% of them. 100%, an amazing success rate. Research and write enterprise pieces about developments in transportation and p- uh, planning policy happening around the city. Okay, I'm, I'm actually working on an enterprise piece now for this Denver TV station. It's a fantastic piece, by the way, and I think you uh, uh, going to probably publish it maybe tomorrow. There
1: we go. We'll see.
0: Track ongoing stories uh, such as uh, pieces of legislation or specific street redesigns and build narratives around them. What's the best material to build a narrative? Around a street redesign. Old tires? Concrete? Around a street redesign? Yeah. Not, tire, bo- not old tires or concrete, man. Bike pl- lanes. Planner boxes? Sidewalks. Random junk? Random junk. Homeless people? <laughs> Homeless people. Conduct interviews and cultivate relationships with lawmakers, public officials, advocates, and policy experts. I, I can do interviews. We'll have an interview later on in this show. Yeah. I can do. I can there do here we go.
1: Democrats, mostly Democrats.
0: Uh, produce commentary that holds officials accountable for their decisions and correct errors and mis in, uh, misperceptions that surface in the media. I think that line was directed directly at you and me. Just me. I mean, everything you report is completely 100 percent based in fact. I am the one who is always getting things wrong over here. I mean, I'm positive. We were in his head when he wrote that line.: Yes, positive. Work with the local streets blog Denver Board of Advisors to raise funds and plan events. I'm thinking picnics in the park. I'm thinking maybe a... um, A 5K. Definitely a a 5K. A 5K. Sure, that'd be great. How about a rave? Is that stepping it up a little bit too much? I
1: think you're going to need some help if you're going to plan a rave. How about
0: an outing where we go rafting down the South Platte to downtown Denver? I mean, those are great events. Do people do that? Sure. Okay. I like the 5K idea, though. Pinpoint opportunities for transportation improvements and reforms and explain what has to change to enact them. I'm good at p- explaining, so that's a plus for me. Mix in short posts and photo-based content. Ooh, pictures. <laughs> you
1: laugh, but people are bad at creating photo-specific content for the web. Really? They, they, it's,
0: that's all I do. Instagram would have you fooled. I'm very good at Instagram. So is my cat, Senorita Whiskers. You can follow her on Instagram at Senorita Whiskers.
1: Have you given over control of that account to the daughters yet, or is that one still all no, you? No, no,
0: no, no, no. That's all me. That's all me. I, I just posted a new one of her putting her ha- uh, ears back that look like an elf.
1: Who has more followers, Senorita Whiskers or Denver 7 Traffic on Instagram? Uh,
0: I do for now, but Senorita Whiskers is up into the 60 range now.
1: I'll be checking on
0: that every week. She is, And she's got a great, great page. Uh, Speaking of that, create content for and manage Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram accounts. Done, done, and done. We're already doing that. Manage and edit freelance contributors. So basically, I could have been submitting content to the Streets blog all this time. I I can't believe you didn't know that, man. I didn't. I guess he's basically asking for people to write stuff, uh, send it in, and then he just republishes it. um, So he doesn't really have to do a whole lot of work. You could have your own segment
1: on that site called Vehicle Advocate. Oh, you are talking now.
0: It's fantastic. Now, here's the part of uh, qualifications um, that are required for this position. I, I don't even know why, really, I'm going through this, since we all know I'm way more than qualified for this job. And we just looked at some of the, some of the things that you have to do as part of the job, and I can easily do all of those. Now, these are, these are what they are looking for in somebody who is going to be applying for this position. Previous reporting, writing experience, ideally covering transportation or planning issues. I mean, come on. Is there anybody else in the city, really almost in the state, that is more qualified with that line than me? No. No. Excellent writing and research skills as evidenced by writing samples. Check. Proven ability to manage high volume of content production, reporting, writing, and social media with consistency. Check, check, check. Done all that. Experience with nonprofits and/or fundraising a big plus. Well, I did serve on the board of a nonprofit a couple of years ago, so I have that going for me. It was um, for a, it was it was originally uh, called the Interfaith Hospitality Network. It's now oh what I now the new name escapes me, uh, but basically they house home, they, homeless families in churches and synagogues around the city for a week until those people can get on their feet and uh, get a job and get a place of their own. Okay, So so I have a little bit of experience with that.
1: We were actually just talking about the newest initiative here at Channel 7, Rescue 7, where when you're stuck in an elevator, we will come to get you out. When you're stuck in traffic, we will come to entertain you. And when you are stuck in the snow, we
0: are there to dig you out. I love that. Rescue 7. I love Rescue 7. That's a big one. That's awesome. Passion and knowledge of transportation, urban planning, and land use topics is a big plus. Well, I think I have that. An experience with WordPress or other blogging content production platforms is a big plus. Look, if we can uh, navigate the Lacana, our web program that we use here, where we post our news stories, then I think I could figure out WordPress. Can we navigate Lacana, though? No, nobody can. It's really difficult. So if I can kind of figure that out, I think I could figure out WordPress. It's got to be a lot easier than that. Look, uh, you know what? That actually is a lot of stuff you got to do. It seems like a lot of stuff you got to do. I I never seen Streetsblog actually do all that, but it seems like that's a lot of stuff you're supposed to do every day.
1: I just want to point out I I went and looked at the job listing. I'm surprised at how much that job pays. I was honestly expecting like a Bleacher Report situation where they pay their editors, quote unquote, a nominal salary that turns out to be less than like 10 grand a year. That is not the case with this position. This well, is actually I, a reporter position. Well,
0: when I looked at it, it said this, the 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 salary is uh, commensurate with experience uh, and that they offer a competitive benefit package. I, I really hate it when they say that about the salary, it's because if you're just, you know, Duh, you're, you're getting no money. And then if you're me, you get a lot of money. Because honestly, I, I mean, how, how, what, did it, what did it say it takes? Uh 45 grand to 50 grand. Hmm. I was expecting more.
1: I was, I, I'm surprised that you were expecting more. <laughs> I guess I'm the realistic one here because so much of journalism right yeah, now, No, I'm
0: actually surprised they actually pay anything. That's just it. I mean, like the,
1: where we're at in journalism now is you see a lot of these blog pages that want to expand their reach. And so they do that by bringing on a bunch of contributors who don't actually make anything. You, I see it in sports all the time where you have locally run nuggets avalanche blogs where you have like nine guys writing for them and they can all get a credential but none of them are getting paid anything and they all have to maintain a second job and it's this almost I I almost call it pay to play journalism because you have to pay just for the opportunity to be a journalist in those situations and we see it more and more across all fields and it's like kind of a disturbing development that this is how the future of journalism is trending so to see a blog and a fairly small blog all due respect to Streets blog offer a competitive salary and really appear to be trying to bring in a legitimate journalist instead of a volunteer journalist. That makes me feel a little bit better about where we're going.
0: But they did say they had hundreds of thousands of readers. Hundreds of thousands of applicants for this job, too. You think so? Yep. Really? Confirmed fact. Confirmed fact. Well, I mean, if you want to apply, I, I don't know why you would, because my resume, I've already sent it in. It's it's, street, it's streetsblogdenver at com is the... Uh, is the email.
1: Don't bother stopping your car to write that one down. Just put it into your phone <laughs> while you're driving. It's fine.
0: Uh, yeah, exactly. That, that, that'd be a good way to do it while you're driving on the interstate and stop and go traffic. Um, well, I'm a stand-up guy. That's why I'm giving you my two weeks' notice right now, Joseph. Mm. I mean, you're in the management now. I, I think this qualifies as a, as a resignation, yeah? Don't even
1: bother. Just leave
0: now. Just leave now? Yeah. Just like they do, if you go to work for one of the other competing stations, yeah, just you're, you're just going to have to leave. Good. You're just going to have to get out. Rest comfortably, David Sachs. I have your back. I'll, I'll, I'll get to finish it. Well, maybe I just finish up the show here with you, Joseph, and then we'll post it, and then, uh, and then I will leave, and we'll, uh, and I'll move on to this new job. Maybe you'll even go work with him at Denver. Right? <laughs> hey, why not? I think it's, I think it's a, a brilliant idea. A walk-off home run. You hit a home run with this
1: podcast, and you just walk off the premises.
0: Well, from job offers to man-spreading, we've talked about man-spreading in the past, we right? We certainly have. It's that style of sitting down by men where you have your legs spread open. Well, mostly people hate it when it happens on public transportation. That's when you see most people either posting about it or complaining about it. I, I, look, I've done it. I'm sure you've done it. Yeah. It's... Probably not on purpose. I'm not trying to defend myself, but like, sometimes
1: man-spreading is just me sitting down. Like, right. I'm 6'1". I have legs. Like, they're going to have to go somewhere.
0: We're not trying to do it. We're not, we're not trying to be jerks for the most part. We're just men and being stupid and just sitting down and being comfortable while we're sitting down. Um, I think it's more of a matter of, not, of, of just not thinking about it rather than doing it on purpose to prove a point, as some people might think. That said, there is a law student in Russia who has embarked on her own special campaign to stop men from manspreading. I'll call her Anna, because her last name has, has a couple of U's and Y's and K's, since it's Russian, and I, there's no way I would ever be able to pronounce it. Anna is 20. She has someone recording herself or others in her group pouring diluted bleach under the crotches of men while they are manspreading, sitting on the subway, traveling through St. Petersburg, Russia.
1: That's not a crusade to end manspreading. That's like a crime spree.
0: Yes, no, I I completely agree. She has actually accused these men, though, who carry out the practice as gender aggression and calls manspreading a disgusting act. She actually takes these bottles as the man is just sitting there clueless on the subway and pours it right on their crotch. Now, Anna says... We not only cool the manspreading down, but we also mark them with identification spots so everyone can immediately understand which body part controls the behavior of these men. She claimed her video was dedicated to all men for whom manspreading is the norm of conduct. Now, Anna claimed to be acting on behalf of everyone who has to endure the manifestations of you, declaring your macho qualities on public transportation. Is that what you're doing? Do you Do you do that? Do you actually declare your macho qualities on public transportation?
1: Generally I just ride public
0: transportation.
1: It's not really a statement of not a
0: de- declaration.
1: masculinity or anything like that, but
0: Well, she has previously achieved worldwide attention by flashing her underwear to commuters to raise awareness for upskirting laws in Russia. So she's got that going for her. Critics have asked how she was helping counter the uh, menace uh, of upskirting by flashing her underwear. She said, I'm a social activist who advocates for women's rights and against discrimination in any form. However, there is a Russian news outlet that claims that these videos are a sham and that she is using actors. But looking at the video, it doesn't look at all like she is using actors and it all looks very real. She flat out denies this accusation that it's not real. She admitted that no commuter so far has sued her, saying that I don't think people are going to go to the police to file a report about wet jeans.
1: She's a scammer. I just—I read the article too. She's a scammer. She's welcome to come on the show at any time and prove to us how she threw bleach on some guy's crotch. In the meantime, I will continue to say it was a bottle full of water. She's a liar. She has no campaign. She needs to stop with the stunts. Nobody wants to make you famous, lady.
0: And even if it is just water and not this thirty times concentration of water and bleach, as she as she says it is, it, it's it, it's. Still going to be an annoyance. If it is the bleach water at 30% or 30 times more potent than, than what you would be putting in your regular wash, it, it, that's going to be going to stain your clothes very fast. It's going to smell. It might even burn your skin. I mean, no matter what she's protesting, it's still not okay. This is not okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. I, po- it- I posted the video to my Facebook page. You can see it there. If you want to see it. Are,
1: are we done with this read? I have a bleach-related story that I want to get No,
0: just, it, it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no for real. I, uh, when I was working in college, uh, the, our dishwasher at the restaurant I was working at insisted, insisted that you could beat a bl- drug test by drinking a cap full of bleach.
0: Oh no. He was so
1: I've never seen anyone more sure of anything than Santonio the dishwasher was that if you drank a cap full of bleach you would beat a drug test. Did he do it? He did.
0: No he didn't. I
1: watched him drink a cap full of bleach in front of me and then he did the shot face right after, which of course he did. And then he was fine. Like No, he, he wasn't. <laughs> you didn't see the internal screaming. He put on a very brave public face. My point being don't listen to people when they tell you to drink bleach.
0: No. Please don't, do don't. That. no do really not do don't. that don't no because bleach is re- I mean it's really even if it gets under your skin it starts burning it and like these guys because when they start pouring the the bleach water on their crotch now most of the people react how you think they jump up or or they or they look all surprised. Um, a couple of the men they stood up and they tried to catch him now 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 the, the women that were doing this pouring the bleach on the guys they would typically do it right as the doors of the subway open. So they pour the bleach, and then they run right out of the door as it's closing, and so therefore they are safe in the in the station, and then the, the bleach guy is still on the train having to deal with being soaked with bleach. Sometimes the guys act fast enough, as I would, uh, and either trip or try to get or, or hold on to these people. Now, there's no follow-up video. The, the videos pretty much end after the pouring of the bleach, so you really don't see a lot of the the chases that I'm sure ensued. Or the beatdowns, as as I'm sure has ensued. I mean, if she's
1: a woman in any sort of shape, she'd probably beat most of these guys in a foot race.
0: You would think so, but no, I, w- w- I would guys, think so. Yeah, I mean, there they're, some of them are in decent shape. I mean, they could have uh, grabbed them and chased them down, and even a couple of the guys were sleeping, and mm. then they're woken up by this attack. It's just it's just not okay.
1: Well, that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's what it comes down to. Isn't that the one, number one rule of the world? Is just don't be a dick to people. There's no right, other yeah. way to describe this behavior than just being a jerk. Like, right. You're just a jerk at that point. And is the man spreader, s- spreader a jerk as well? Sure. Sure. I'll give you that. But, but
0: look, there's a better way to say, hey, look, we, you know, we, we'd prefer you not to do the man spreading and th- and, and, um, you know, instead of pouring bleach all over somebody. Right. Here.
1: What happened to verbally harassing people like we all were used to?
0: Yeah, that's better. Yeah. Because at least you don't have bleach all over your crotch. Correct. Well, there's a delicate balance we all endure between security and privacy. We all want to be safe, like we're at the airport, and while shopping and driving, and especially while we're at home. But that safety comes with a trade-off, giving up some privacy. Now, there are cameras everywhere. You'll see them on the streets. You'll see them in the malls. You'll see them just about anywhere. And they're not only watching for criminal activity or who might be stealing your packages off your porch— But in some of the uh, cases and some of these cameras, especially the ones that are on police cars, they can actually read license plates and find vehicle owners who have either expired tags or are maybe even wanted by the police. Now, I came across an interesting article. It's called New Surveillance Camera Startup Plans to Serve HOAs. What Could Go Wrong? It was written by Deborah Gunan of the blog Independent American Communities. And to talk more about this interesting balance between privacy as you drive in your neighborhood, and that safety is Deborah Gunan. Hi, Deborah. How are you doing?
2: Hi, Jason. I'm doing great.
0: Thanks for joining us here on the Driving You Crazy podcast. So this new startup company will start there. Tell me about this company and what what do they do?
2: Uh, the name of the company is Slock. They're actually gathering up seed money to start a company where they're going to market specialized cameras that they, they're going to market to communities, mostly HOA communities. That will have license plate readers. Um, and instead of having video coverage of cars coming in and out of the community, it will make still images that will have crisp Im- more crisp and clear images of the license plate. And then um, what the uh, company claims is that they can they can use that information, and check it against their list of um, residents versus non-residents coming and going in their community. And if, you know, say some kind of a crime is uh, committed, say there's car break-ins or home break-ins or uh, somebody's uh, dog gets kidnapped or something like that, they can access this information. Somebody from the HOA can access this information, and then. Contact local law enforcement, and then local law enforcement can take the license plate information and use that to track against their databases to see if it hits on any of the hot lists.
0: So, are you concerned about this as a privacy issue, or are you glad about this because then somebody is actually watching who's coming in and out of the neighborhoods?
2: Well, I think it has the potential to do more harm than good um, because you have a situation where the The company claims on their website that the hOA one hundred percent owns the data, and the HOA can decide who has access to that data. Uh, theoretically, everyone in the community, all of your neighbors could have access to the footage of the camera. Uh, in all practical for all practical purposes, most HOAs aren't going to share information that they have with all of their members. That's very rare so it will probably be in the hands of a few board members and perhaps a security a private security guard or somebody who's on a security committee and when you get involved with private security guards you have to remember private security guards are not trained officers of the law you know they're even though they may have a law enforcement background many of them are you know some may be retired police officers but others may be what I call wannabe police officers. For some reason or another, they couldn't pass the exam or they um, were in law enforcement and they got booted for misconduct or something. Mm -hmm. So now you have a a private security guard or somebody on your board who has access to who's coming and going in the community. And so the way that uh, Flock proposes to do away with these privacy concerns is to give the HOA the opportunity to go in and add residents to what they call a safe list. So what you can do then is you can say to your HOA, you know, I don't like the idea that you're monitoring my comings and goings within my own community. I want to have my um, license plate blocked from the footage or even have my vehicle completely removed from the footage. So now you're getting into the gray area of how will the data be used and will it be used to selectively enforce um, any kind of restrictions that there may be in the community because some HOA communities now, they are actually getting it to the point where if you're speeding in the community or running stop signs, they'll write you a ticket. It's actually written into their uh, governing documents that they can do this. Um, In fact, I wrote Uh, a blog post about a year ago where there were some communities that were even using radar guns um, to track your speed coming in and out of the community. And of course, uh, a lot of the residents were not very happy about that uh, policy.
0: We're speaking with Deborah Gunan with the Independent American uh, Communities blog who wrote an interesting article called New Surveillance Camera Startup Plans to Serve HOAs. What Could Go Wrong? Do you live currently in an HOA?
2: I don't. I have lived in an HOA in the past. I, I uh, owned a home in an HOA in Florida for about six years in a gated community with um, they had gates, two gates with guards at the gates 24-7. At the time when I lived there, there were no security cameras at the on the gates. Uh, but, you know, when you live in a gated community, it's a li- sometimes it can be a little bit creepy that you're. Guards know the comings and goings of everybody who's coming in and out. And for a while, they were uh, collecting um, license. You know, you would have to present your driver's license if you're coming in as a visitor. And, you know, now they're holding on to your license until you leave or taking that and writing down the license, your license number. And so they know everybody who's coming and going day and night and do you, do you really want one of your security staff members or your neighbors knowing who's visiting you at all hours of the day and night?
0: Yeah, I agree with uh, a couple of the points that you're making because i i my parents used to live when when they were in Florida. They also used to live in a gated community with a security guard. And even when I would go visit, even though my name was on a list, they would still want to see my driver's license. They would have a camera there that would usually Mm -hmm. just be pointed not only up on the top of the security guard house there to look at the coming and going, but also to look at your license plate and your car, um, which I thought was, eh, I guess it's security for security's sake. But also you were mentioning... Uh, the coming and going, I, I, I'm I'm a kind of guy who, who likes to be private, who likes to just come and go out of my neighborhood and out of my house as I please. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't even care. if my, I don't really care to tell my wife sometimes if I'm coming and going all the, t- <laughs> all the time, you know, so mm-hmm. it, it, it right. just it feels like it's a little bit of uh, somebody watching all the time. And then when you give that data, those pictures of the video, if it ever comes to video to an HOA I have no idea who's working for my HOA. It's a company that I just send these checks to every six months, uh, but I never really hear from them unless I have uh, my uh, garbage bag out on the street that, that isn't in the garbage can, you know, or or something else, right. some other violation of my house, and I'll get a letter from them, a nasty letter a couple of days later.
2: Yeah, yeah. You don't know, I mean, because most of the, the people who are on uh, the HOA board are, are untrained volunteers. Um, and if you have somebody on your HOA board who has an axe to grind with you for some reason, and do you really want them watching when you're coming and going into the community? And, and in some cases, they're even uh, mounting some of these cameras with license plate recognition on, say, a parking area to see if there's anybody who's parking in the in the parking area who isn't authorized or a non-resident. Um, it, it gets to the point where, you don't know, and even if you say to your uh, association, okay, I want my, um, I don't want you tracking my license plate number and you sign the form, how do you really know if your license plate information is removed from the footage if you don't have access to the footage? You, you know, you, you don't really know if it's going to be there. Now, what if you have a security guard, uh, because I've, I've written some blogs on, on this too, what if you have a security guard that is watching your comings and goings and stalking a particular individual. They know when you're coming, uh, you know, when you're coming home from work, when you're leaving for work, uh, when you're coming back from the grocery store, so forth and so on. Um, you know, I, I just see this being misused by anybody who wants to stalk a particular individual or by criminals who would use the information to know when nobody is in the house so that they know when it's the perfect time to break into your house or your garage or your car. You know, there's, a, there's a, an assumption that the only people who could be committing crime are people who don't live in the community. And if you have your uh, license information and your vehicle information blocked as a member that's on the safe list, it's pretty easy for you to just move into the community, rent, say rent a house in the community, ask to be removed from the list as a resident, and then your information wouldn't be tracked. But on the other hand, the HOA would be tracking other people who might be entering the community at around the same time as a crime occurred. And now that information is turned over to law enforcement and they could be questioning the wrong person. Right. Right. So
0: lastly for me, Deborah, is where do you think this is all going? Where do you think this is going to end up?
2: I, I have a, a fear that, you know, some HOAs are going to adopt this technology and, and use it as a way to, to kind of provide a false sense of security for their residents. You know, this is going to be a way to, de- to prevent crime because there's going to be these cameras watching people coming in and out. But I believe that there will be more unintended consequences and it will cause more problems and potential liability for the HOA than it will prevent crime.
0: Deborah, thank you so much for joining us here on the Driving Your Crazy podcast.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: So, if you want to read Deborah's blog, uh, you can just search on Google for Independent American Communities and then uh, Deborah. Uh, and it will pop up right there, and you'll be able to read all of our articles, including including this one. So, Next week, I'm going to be on assignment, Joseph. What is the assignment, Jason? The assignment is not to be here in the studio doing my regular uh, workload. Jackpot. That, that, that is my assignment, <laughs> to not be here. Uh, feel free, if you want to, take the show on by yourself. Oh. If you want to record the show and then put it out there next week. We'll see. TBD. Uh, I'm going to be in a much warmer and humid and water filled climate than we are right now. I'll give you, I'll I'll tell you that it's going to be more character related. There's going to be characters involved. St. Paul. Almost. Um, there's going to be probably mosquitoes, uh, definitely roaches involved. Oh, they'll, they'll be there. I'm sure there'll be sand in the shorts. New Mexico. There will be golf balls in the pants.
1: Las Vegas.
0: <laughs> uh, a lots subway, of, in lots, yeah, subway in Russia. Subway in Russia. Lots and lots of water everywhere. So, of course, I'll report back to you about all the travels, the happenings, the adventures that I will be on. Because, you know, everything always happens on a, on a trip. And you never know exactly what's going to happen. It's always it's always interesting.
2: There
0: so you go. so I will have that. So but, but feel free to come in and do the show. Maybe bring in um, I don't know Thomas or you know what be great, or whomever the driving you crazy
1: podcast without Jason Luber. the traffic.
0: <laughs> <guy>. <laughs> but try it. Give it a shot. Let's see let's see how it works. Bring in a, a guest hosts. I, I believe me, there might be a
1: rotating cast in here next Wednesday.
0: That'd be perfect. Well, that's about it for this uh, edition of the Driving You Crazy Podcast. If you want to uh, get a hold of us, please do so on our Twitter feed, or or email, or Gmail, or however the case may be. It's uh, Driving You crazy at gmail.com. and then we have the Twitter site. It's all on the it's all on the descriptions. If God's sake, if you're not
1: following us already, do
0: it. I mean, seriously, rinse, repeat, and reuse. Review. <laughs> oh, that's what it is. Review, rate. Rate, review, and repeat. Rate, review, repeat, people. Something like that. All right. Anyway, thanks again for listening. Until next time, I'm Jason Looper, the traffic guy. I'm bleach-drinking junkie Joseph Peters. Be safe, and as always, happy motoring.